0: Check, 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 check,
1: check! Welcome to the show, this is Between Two Beards podcast, I'm your host Brock,
0: and I'm your other host, Mike,
1: and we are the beards that you are between. I like that. Well, Mike, we are bringing to our listeners a a special um, Between Two Beards episode. Uh, If you're not familiar with this month of June, this month is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so we wanted to have a special episode where we talk about the societal issues surrounding mental health. What does that look like for us, uh, particularly in the United States? Uh, What our response should be as Christians uh, for those who are in uh, or struggle with mental health or um, as we navigate Walking and being part of the light that's supposed to be in the middle of the darkness that comes along with mental health and What does that struggle look like coming from? One of the beards perspectives and particularly mine um, as I walk through some of that struggle on my own so That's what's coming up on this episode. So if this is an episode that, you know, um, that triggers your ability to kind of think about, um, your own mental health or, or someone else that may be experiencing mental health, um, please listen in because we're going to coming from a place of just wanting to make sure, um, that we do our best to, to, uh, um, be a part of that process of reconciliation and, and, and attack the darkness that comes with mental health, mental health awareness, um, and mental health, um, in a way that will be positive, hopefully, and in a way that would also encourage and inspire you, um, to take, take up, uh, arms against, uh, something that, that can be very difficult for a lot of people. And, and certainly is is very prevalent in our society. Mike, will you share a little bit about this? Tom?
0: Yeah, so I have a, some, just talking about June as Mental Health Awareness Month, I have just some stats and some things, just some facts. Um, did you know that Mental Health Awareness Month has been observed? In the
1: United States, since nineteen forty nine. Nineteen forty nine. That's that's wild. I I would not have no. ever even thought it no. was like not within the last decade or two. I,
0: yeah, this yeah. century for sure. I can't yeah. believe it was last century. So wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So just to give you like kind of like a definition of mental health. I'm sorry. A mental illness is a condition that affects a person's thinking, feeling, behavior, or mood. These conditions deeply impact day-to-day living and may also affect the ability to relate to others. Um, Some stats. One in five U.S. adults experience mental illness each year.
1: That's a lot.
0: One in 20 U.S. adults experience serious mental illness each year. Hmm. And one in six U.S. youth aged 6 to 7, I'm sorry, between the ages of 6... Uh, and 17 experience a mental health disorder each year. And 50% of all lifetime mental illness begins by age 14, and 75% by the age of 24. So you can see that this is something that, um, not to say, I mean, it can happen as you, as you are getting older, but a lot of this stuff uh, kind of uh, rears its ugly head early in life. Um, so, you know, it's not a mental health condition. Isn't the result of one event research suggests multiple linking causes, genetics, environment, and lifestyle influence whether someone develops a mental health condition, a stressful job or home life makes some people susceptible as do traumatic life events, biochemical processes and circuits and basic brain structure may play a role as well. None of this means that you're broken or that you or your family did anything or something wrong. Mental illness is no one's fault, and for many people, recovery, including meaningful roles in social, social life, school, and work, is possible, especially when you start treatment early, and play a strong role in your own recovery process. Right. So, having said all that, hmm. you know, those are that's kind of like a, uh. uh, uh, uh bird's eye view of everything we're going to kind of bring this down and um i'm going to interview brock today and we're going to talk about mental illness so go ahead i'm going to just give you the floor sure and let you go
1: right just like uh what mike's uh brought to our attention and gave us this really good uh intro to to understanding what and mental health awareness month is about and why it's important for us to be thinking about these things like when we took, talk about this from a biblical perspective, when we look at the fall that happens in Genesis, we are looking at a fall that, that represents the brokenness of everything that God has created. Everything that, that um, was put in the garden and was removed from the garden, the people, um, the places, the things, everything was broken, including your, um, their relationship with God. Um, their uh, so spiritu- their spirituality was, was broken um, their bodies were broken and that includes um, their minds um, and so when we look at this from a biblical perspective it shouldn't be any surprise to us that we have to consider and think about mental health and what are the implications for people especially those who come to our church and, and even more so those who have never even been to a church to understand and be aware of all those things that may be taking place and honestly may be um, oppressing a lot of people uh, throughout our society. And, and like Mike said, you know, this, this is a, this is an area that I'm very familiar with. And I said this too, it's, this is an area that I struggled with and I, it took me only until possibly the, the last uh, few years to understand um, the roots of a lot of, of, of when this started and, and that statistic where we talk about, um, one in six U S youth aged six to 17 experience mental health disorder each year. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, and when the next one that, that he had said as well is 50% of all lifetime mental illness begins by age 14 and 75% by age 24. And, and Mike, looking back, um, throughout my life and, and trying to pin down, um, those moments where, where for me, my struggle was anxiety, um, and depression and, uh, just kind of going back to, 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 to where that started for me, because I know and and I knew for, uh, the last, um, well, 17 years that I struggled with it. Um, well, so will say 17 to 20 years that I struggled with it, that I didn't always feel that way. And it was, it was a really interesting sort of moment for me to, um, think about because I, the, that whole time I knew that there were certainly times that I didn't feel anxious about things and and there were certain times, there There was definitely a time where, and, and the only way for me really to describe this is to be out and to just be sitting out and looking out at things, you know, like just being able to take in nature and being able to, to take in people and, and not be ca- held captive by all the things I was anxious by, whether that was um, a job or family problems or financial problems, um, all these things that, or, or just even like thinking about like politics or anything like that. Not that I was thinking about politics when I was 13 or 14, but like, but those other things were there. And, and, and the only, the best way for me to describe this is what I, I is like clarity, um, for anybody, for me, um, when I grown up, there was a moment where I, I, I had to get glasses and I didn't know I needed glasses. And so that's kind of how I equate some of this too. It's like there was a moment leaving the optometrist for the first time and having that first pair of glasses and realizing that a stop sign has words and it's <laughs> not just a red blob. Wow. And that's what I kind of equate mental health to. My mental my struggle with mental health is that there was a point in time and it's almost like the reverse where everything was was completely clear and then at some point it all just gets so fuzzy mm-hmm. and it's in, in not in, in being completely unable to, f- to be able to just focus on the things right in front of me, right where I was and be present in myself and in my mind with those around me having that. And then all of a sudden that just kind of being so difficult to be in the midst of. Does that make sense, Mike?
0: Yep, so far so good. Okay. So why don't you talk about, dive into a little bit more, you know, of your teenage years and and what it was like to be a middle school student, a high school student, having anxiety and depression. Now, you probably didn't even realize that then, right? That it was anxiety or depression, or or did you?
1: No, I I mean, I think we get... We all I mean anxiety was you can get anxious about things. we all kind of can get anxious sure. about things, whether it's like you know you you, you there's a pretty girl um, for guys, and you know there's a pretty girl and, and oh man, I really I really hope that maybe she likes me mm-hmm. and, and so yeah. I'll do what I can and to make sure that I can remember as a kid just just thinking about like liking uh, the girl down the down the road. Uh, it wasn't necessarily next door, but it was close enough. Um, it was like right past our bus stop <laughs> in elementary school. And, uh, and me like, Oh man, I really hope that, you know, her name was Brittany. I'll I'll just say that cause nobody's going to, I'm not going to say right. her last name, but I'm like, man, I really hope Brittany likes me. And, uh, just having that sort of anxiety, that's pretty familiar. And we, we deal with that on a regular basis, but the anxiety that we're really talking about is, is where you have that anxiety, but it doesn't go away. And, it, 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 to, for lack of a better way to describe it, it's like, it's like, it's like being on, on a boat and you have that, that way to steer the ship. And instead of being able to know, Hey, there's, there's, there's a, there's icebergs ahead, not to make a Titanic joke or anything like that. It's Cause I mean, it also, I mean, it's pretty close. It could be relatable, but you know, it's, it's like knowing that those are there. Um, and then the anxiety, what anxiety does instead of being aware of it, it just, it makes you not want to move at all. Hmm. It, It keeps you stuck. It keeps you in a place of fear and it keeps you in a place where all you can think about and perseverate on. Um, and perseverate if that's a new word for for anybody it's just to be really 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 captivated by a thought um, or really captivated by something to the point where it's the only thing that you can think about Um, and uh, it, it takes that 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 steering and it just locks you in and you can't and and not even just locks you in in one direction It may lock you in a couple different, it may may actually steer the ship towards things um, that are unhealthy or steer you away from things that would be healthy. Um, And so that's kind of the best way I can describe that, going through um, adolescence and and just being a middle school, high schooler, and dealing with all the the struggles that come with um, that naturally, just, you know, being around other kids and, you know, Kids are kind of jerks sometimes, you know, yeah. it's just the reality. It's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a place now where my daughter is eight and I have to start talking to her about even she goes to a Christian school and, and, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't matter what kind of school you go to, you know, we're, as we grow up, we're, we're, in, we are always imperfect and, and kids just are imperfect without a filter mm. <laughs> more than adults, yeah. most adults anyway. And, uh, you know, and just teaching her like hey you know it's okay it's okay to walk through navigating uh, being around other kids and what kids might say or do because the reality is you can't control anything that anybody else does now it took me like almost 32 years to figure that out you know i'll be 32 um uh, in a couple of days, it'll already have been like basically <laughs> when a there, week. Yeah. <laughs> it'll when, be a week when last we drops It will happen <laughs> uh, last week. So, uh, I do take belated uh, birthday wishes if, you know, if you find that, but, um, you know, it's, 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 we already know that that age frame is, is already pretty difficult for, for kids to navigate. Um, and frankly, a lot of adults don't do well, really well with that anyway, either. Um, But, you know, a couple like going through middle school and high school with already, you know, that difficulty that comes with that territory. But my parents split up in 2003. I was, you know, approximately like 12, 13 years old when that started to happen. And, um, you know, I was trying to play sports. And I've been thinking about this recently because, you know, my wife is really good at just being like, hey, you know, why are you taking so long to do certain things when we have to pack for a trip? You know, it and it honestly, Jenna's part of, of that redemption story for me too. Is and we both are for each other in a lot of ways because she's struggled with her own battle with with things as well. But uh, you really, it's really, it's really hard to get around these types of things. And I might be rabbit trailing just slightly here, um, unless you have people around you who are willing to. In a loving way, say, "Hey, I think I think there's something here we need to look at." Um, and for me, you know, one of the ways that my anxiety really came out uh, would be around like packing uh, to go on a trip, mm. and it would take me like hours hours literally hours and people would be my family would be waiting on me Jen would be waiting on me sometimes they're in the car and they're still waiting on me and and I actually remember my dad doing this a mm. little bit too so I think there's there's some learned behaviors there too <laughs> um you know and I think he's struggled with anxiety on his own too um and and I think for him even and for like decades um you know we only recently have had a conversation because of the you know, the things that I was struggling with, um, and, and found help from, found a way to break free from, um, that we had that discussion too. But, you know, I think a lot of it compounded, you know, especially during that time where I think about, you know, you already, you can already kind of struggle with the anxiety. And then for me, I was playing sports and, you know, being in between two households and, and walking that blended family life at some point, it was like, man, when I would Show up to practice, or I'd show up to a game, and I was missing like a sock, or I was missing <laughs> something. Man, we had to like run hills, mm. and I, very quickly I learned very quickly how how harsh it can be to live in a blended family, and also try to you know do extracurricular activities and have people who want to teach you discipline, but things are out of your control already at such a young age, mm-hmm. um, and that that carried. That carried through, um, up until my, um, well, I'm I'm thirty. I'll be thirty two. So, honestly, only up until like maybe when I turned thirty, was I really struggling with that? Um, l- less and less, you know, since um, since I was able to 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 find help and and to talk to a doctor and 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 seek help in that way. Um, but I, I, I can say, you know, I would say very, very comfortably, man, these statistics they're, they're if, if they're not, if they're, if, even if they're close, they should be staggering and they should, they should tell you the urgency that we should have towards mental health in our, in our country. Um, and the reality is I, I don't even think they're, I, I they're probably not accurate enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so many people struggle in silence. Uh, so many people probably struggle, um, without a a good support or good community around them to, to walk them through stuff. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that's where I'll just break a a little bit into talking about the, the, this is also suicide prevention awareness too, Mm -hmm. um, that comes along with the mental health awareness month. But, you know, I, That is, um, that's something that we need to be aware of. Um, yes, to me that, that is where, you know, we, we lose that battle with mental health. I think, um, when, when, when stepping away from the pain in that way equals, relief, it's, it's, it's a battle that's been lost to me. And, and I, I don't say that coming from a perspective of someone who's, um, who's never experienced thinking about things like that. You know, there was a time, um, especially, you know, for me, um, there were certainly moments where, where I, where I felt, you know, very, you know, joyful, very happy. Um, but they were always associated with who I might've been dating at the time in the, and the, all the, the dopamine that kicks in to finding someone that you're attracted to and, and want to be, um, in a relationship with like that, that those were moments where I think I found freedom, but it wasn't, planted in, it wasn't planted in something that was lasting. It wasn't planted in Jesus. Um, it wasn't planted in just having, um, my mental health in check just for me. It was always tethered to somebody else. And so when that naturally, when, when a lot of, when that relationship would end because, um, things were not in, in check, like we would say from a Christian perspective, you know, where you have, you know, God or Christ at the, at the center, at the center or the top of, um, of your worship, you know, um, and then everything else falling in balance behind that. Um, it's really easy. You know, I think, and I think a lot of you struggle with this frankly is that it's really easy to put, you know, the, who you're, you know, attracted to or who you're in a relationship with at the top of that. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly what I found myself in throughout my, you know, my high school and college um um time, you know, and there were, the I can remember specific points where where relationships because they were not aligned properly ended that I would I would immediately go to that place of of wanting to just be done with things and uh there were a couple times that i almost did you know a lot of times for me and i and i'll share this because i think it's it needs to be said and i think there's other people that can relate to it um and i'm not saying any of this to to point um point a spotlight on myself because anybody who struggles with this kind of stuff, they'll know right now that I'm me sharing some of this stuff is, it's probably the last thing that they don't want any attention on mm-hmm. it. Um, but there were times where I'd be driving and I just, I would just look at a pole or I'd look at a tree and I'd be like, maybe that one
0: mm.
1: or maybe that one. And I lived probably about like, mm, probably like six to eight years of my life like that. Mm. You know, from from the age of uh, about seventeen, eighteen until about uh, to my early twenties, um, and uh, you know, it, it's when you're going when you were think having yeah. those thoughts
0: at that age, did did it ever occur to you that you know you talk about like the the example of getting glasses and having clarity and knowing that a stop sign said stop on it? Did you have were you like in a fog? Like, did you know that this was? um, depression and anxiety, or did you just think this is the way normal, pe- this is the way everybody thinks?
1: I, I, I had no idea that that was anxiety or depression. Okay. No, none at all. I, in fact, I, I just, I thought it was pretty normal. Um, I thought it was pretty normal to check out. Mm. Um, and I remember my mom a lot of times like she would be concerned when I was driving because you know, one of her things that she would always say to me is like, you need to learn, you need to be present. Um, and I had gotten in a couple of car accidents because mm. I didn't, and, and only, uh, and I would say this only until recently that what I know that that's what I was struggling with was anxiety and depression because my thoughts were so captivating in my mind. Like it was so on my mind that I could get distracted driving a vehicle. Um, not mm. like, not like complete, completely distracted, but enough to where I was not aware. Yeah. Um, to the extent I should be, if like a light randomly changed mm. really quickly, or you know, because traffic lights, everybody hates them. <laughs> right. You know, if they if you're out there and you love traffic lights, you might have a mental health problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you do, I'm not. I, I apologize, mm-hmm. but I mean you probably should get looked at. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But like, you know, to me, I I couldn't be aware enough and, and and only one time um, did I actually have somebody in a car with me. It was Mm. my cousin, Josh. Um, Josh and I had been coming. We, we went to the same um, community college uh, right after we graduated. Um, He had graduated a year before me, but you know, we, it had worked out that we were both going to the same community college at the time. And, And, um, we were coming back, um, coming through Schnecksville, and, and there's a light there, um, right, uh, right in front of the wise that's there. And I just, I was so caught up in thinking about something, a problem I was having with a a relationship with a girl I was dating and talking through it with him. And, and that's not a good time to have those kind of conversations if you're (laughs) listening like, um but i didn't see the light change mm. and went through the light and t-boned this guy in a red jetta and destroyed uh the blue uh ford escort that i was driving uh at the time and uh you know that that those moments can be wake up calls but even even after that it never dawned on me that what i was what was happening in my mind and and what was happening, um, in my mental health was that I was kind of checking out from reality mm. and getting caught up living in the anxiety. And like I said earlier, like the anxiety was steering the ship and it, it didn't matter how, um, and by the way, everybody was fine mm-hmm. in, in that incident. You know, thank God, you know, he, I've, I've been shielded a lot. God has shielded me a lot out through through my struggle with it um, and, and that's where I you know you come to places where you I'm going to just chop down a little bit on our um, our itinerary a little bit here um, you know you, you people will say to you like you know mm-hmm. you'll throw verses out at somebody and say you know you know Philippians 4 6 to 7 says you know be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all com- comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus i believe that to be true and and i just want to put that out there but sometimes that that is that's not going to immediately help somebody like just mm-hmm. just knowing that doesn't take the anxiety Away, if you are actually struggling with anxiety and depression mm-hmm. from a mental health perspective, right? You know, if you're going through something and 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 you don't have um, maybe a, a biological or mental reason um, to have an anxiety that is crippling, you know, yeah, that that helps you walk through that. And that and and I don't mean to say that scripture isn't helpful. Don't read into that at all, but. If you see somebody who's really struggling with anxiety and depression and mental health problems, you're going to have to probably do more than just shooting them a text that says a verse that can be encouraging, but they're going to need more than that. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot more, it's a lot deeper than just a moment for them. It's a lot deeper than just 30 seconds for them or an hour or a day or two. Um, or even a couple of weeks. Like I'm, I mean, people go through a lot of different things that bring about anxiety and rec- that things that require prayer and 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 being around people who are going to do that for you. But like, if you're really struggling with mental health, it's it is going to be a battle, at least for some time. Um, and, and and I hope that if you're listening to this, you don't have to wait like you know twenty some odd years to to to. to get some victory from that battle.
0: Do you have a, do you remember when, or maybe it didn't happen, but you're like, you had that aha moment of, oh, I, I, I am dealing with serious mental health here. Yeah.
1: Um, so actually, you know, actually that aha moment like came in September, 2020 for me. Okay. Which is when I started here at BCC. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't that people, you know, there was an elder at a previous church that I was at that, that had sat me down and said, I think this is what you're struggling with. But I still, it wasn't pride. It was like, it, to me, it was, well, just like that verse says, be anxious for nothing and, and, and cast that, you know, First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And then that's where I was at. I was like, well, I think that I can do this and I, I think I can get past this. And 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 maybe my faith can be enough, and and I'm not saying your faith can't be enough, but I'm saying for me, there was another component, a biological component for me that where where things were just not right, um, and I needed help from a, a medical professional from like a, because of a chemical yeah. imbalance. Correct. So you, you take medication. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I don't know if I should. I mean, if it's I, okay. It doesn't matter. I mean, I'm okay to share it. But I just I, I don't want people to think like you know, I need to go see a doctor and get this because that's what Brock is on or something or Brock uses to, to, this, to no, get. No, this okay. is just Brock's story. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, you know, if you're, if you are listening and you are, are struggling, I, I would be more than happy to have a uh, further discussion about that stuff with you. But you know, I, it's, it's not really what this, what we're trying to do here it is uh, we're trying, just trying to be, make, create awareness and, and, and hopefully give some hope to some people. And then just
0: where I was going with that was you were talking, your point was, you know, your faith, it's, it's, you know, your faith, you have your faith and we do already cast our anxiety to Christ. But sometimes there's just more, there's just more in play. Correct. And, 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 and that's okay. And that's where, that's kind of where I was going with it. And the fact that. I mean, because I knew the answer to the question. I just wanted to get it sure, out of you. Yeah. So, but because I knew, I just wanted to help you make your point and I need of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that you know there there was a reason for where you were going with all that, and that you, you know, even where you are and in your faith, um, mm-hmm. you still needed that help, and that was okay, and it was okay to seek that extra help. And has it helped?
1: Absolutely. And and it's 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 where you know you talk about you know the the ship being steered by something, right? Um, you know, they, they say that one of the, the, the sayings is whatever you worship controls you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I say that, you know, from a person who's a pastor and, and, and has, you know, I never, never once was my faith, not a part of my journey through this. In fact, I think it's a thing that saved me mm-hmm. from, from having to, um, lose that battle ultimately. Um, it, it, it was the thing, it was the thing that kept me, it it kept me, you know, I was held, I was held by, I was held by God through it. I, I wasn't abandoned. I didn't feel abandoned. I, I did, I, did I have moments where I was like, God, what the heck is happening? Why can't I get out of bed? Why can't I just work? Why can't I act like a normal person? person and get through the day, like be some of the things I would think about. And, and it was never that I I was worried, um, about whether or not what I believed in God and in in the Bible and and in scripture was true. It was just, I know this to be true, but for some reason I can't get it to click in me. And that's almost how I would say that that was, it was like, Mm -hmm. I knew the truth. I, I knew to come back to the truth and I knew that God was there and I knew that Christ was holding me but it still but there was still something wrong and that that came to um a climax in my life in in basically like August September 2020 where I was, we were we were trying to move into this house um, up the road. Now that we we did get into, God opened that door, and He's closed a lot of other doors that were we tried to uh, move into other places throughout Bloomsburg, and and um, He He finally opened it up, and it was about the same time that that the church had called me and said, "Hey, we we we'd like you to come on staff here," um, and which is crazy. We just live right up the road now, and it, it was a hmm. perfect spot. And you know, God. That's why I come back to saying, like God. God was always steering the ship. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, but it really felt like the anxiety was. And, and that's where it kind of comes into play. It's like, you know, that, that all came to a, a, a climax at, at that point in time. Cause we were having issues with the, lo- the, the, the loan process and, and things just kind of getting out of hand. And I remember just the anxiety be coming to a place where, where it was, Enveloping me from a biological standpoint, like almost like it was rushing over my my body. Um, if you've never had um, anxiety like that before, it it I, the only way I can um, describe it's like if you uh, if you were really cold, and all of a sudden you walked into a warm room and you felt the warmth like rush up, you know, over your over your body from like your feet over mm-hmm. your head that's what the anxiety had come to it. It had become a, a, it had become a very physical response, um, more than just a, a mental like conversation in my head that I couldn't get out of. Um, and, um, that's when I, I, I sat down and I talked to a medical professional and I said, I, I, this is what I'm going through. Um, and it was that, that, those moments where everything had finally hit, you know, the fan, so to speak for me Mm -hmm. that, that triggered that, that, that need for further help and, and being able to recognize that, that further help was needed. Um, because I think without that, that ultimate pressure, and I, I think that's, I think that's where, A lot of Christians kind of get to this place where they 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 they're suffering for a long time and we we want to fight the suffering but sometimes in that suffering is when we are able to get the most help and and that's when we can see God do the biggest things in our lives is is going through the suffering I mean we're we are not promised to have anything easy that is not when you when you decide to follow Jesus like you're not signing like your your easy pass or anything. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're in fact you're probably signing up for something a little bit harder anyway. Yeah. You know, depending on your society and you know all the pressures that come with that, but aside from that, you know, we are Jesus never said we wouldn't suffer. Um the disciples suffered greatly for what they believed in. Um uh by, at the hands of others and and even in their own minds a lot of them too. Um you know, just, uh, there, there is a struggle and there is suffering that we go through and we're, we're, it's okay to walk through the suffering. I think that's like it, like scripture says, when, when, when I am weak, he is strong and, and in my weakness, he's going to do very strong things. And I, I fully believe that, you know, I, I coming from a person who's, you know, I don't, it's not that I don't deal with anxiety or depression anymore. It just doesn't steer the ship. Right. And,
0: uh, I was going to ask you
1: yeah. what 2000 now
0: we are here, we're almost three years, um, removed from September, August 2020. How does, yeah. how, what does your life look like right now?
1: Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm able to get outside of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it may it, it has helped me to be a better pastor mm-hmm. um, it's helped me to be a better father it's helped me be a better husband um, a better brother a better son um, to be able to to have that ability to get outside of myself finally you know to be able to to go outside and just enjoy God's creation and just have those moments where you can just be present. And I couldn't have that before, and uh, it was terrible, you mm-hmm. know, to think about it. Like, it, and and and, you know, you, it's one of those places where it becomes part of your testimonies, where you say, like, I've gone through so much struggle, and here I've been able to have freedom now, finally. And nobody wants to struggle or suffer. But it's, it's in the suffering and the struggle that we can, we can show the world that Jesus is who he is and he is good and he is for them and not against them. And I think that, you know, um, I, I I remember that same elder that sort of, um, that had, had reached out to me and, and sat me down when I was at a previous church is he would say, you know, I, I I would pray to God and I would say, God, why would you give me something that, that is so, you know, in his eyes was not manly, a manly struggle, like having to, you know, come up against something that was difficult. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm going to say, I mean, the battlefield of the mind, that's a really, that's a really big battlefield mm-hmm. to, to be a part of. And, and not only as Christians do we get to be a part of helping people get help and, and helping them reconcile the things that have caused that may, that anxiety, whether it is uh, a traumatic event or whether it is strictly a biological one or a combination of all of them or if it's post-traumatic stress um, from, you know, even serving in the military. And, you know, I talked to a lot of guys that, have struggled with that some of them have been in my family and and you know it's a very real thing mental health is not something that we should you know shy away from being a part of especially as christians because if we're not going to do it and we believe all the things that we believe and we're going to come to church and say that jesus is the great redeemer he's he's um he's got there's power in his name and there's all these things and 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 you look at in Matthew when he sent out the disciples and they, they were to create disciples of all nations and they were gonna perform great works in his name. Well we're supposed to do that today still too. Yep. The battlefield and the and the and the environment may look very different, but to come alongside people and help them win that battle it's really powerful. And if we're going to be Christ's ambassadors and we're going to be his hands and feet in a real tangible way, you can't just sit idly and let the rest of the world figure it out or, or let the, let your, your, your brother, your sister, your father, your mother, your neighbor, um, struggle. You got to get out there and be a part of that process. I'm not saying you're, you can't, you can't be there. Everything But you can direct them to Jesus if they don't know him. Mm -hmm. And if they do, well, then they already know that there's strength in his name. But they might just need somebody. They might just need somebody to keep them accountable. They might just need somebody to to talk to. Because, man, isolation, that is a killer. Mm. And we know that, we know that, know that because of what we walked through with the 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 horrible pandemic phase of our society, our current age. Um we know that isolation is problematic in a lot of different ways. Um it doesn't have to even come out in mental health, it can come out in a lot of different things. Whether you you're struggling with sin, isolation, it's gonna make that worse. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get surrounded by people in community, that's when we are able to have victory together and we're called to have, we're called to be in community. If as a believer, you are called to be in community. If you're still at home and you have not come back to church yet, it's time to come back mm-hmm. because this is, this is to believe in Jesus, to be a part of the church means to be in community. And I was just, um, uh, I was thinking about this earlier, you know, talk about like, we love superheroes. Mm-hmm. We, As a society, we love the idea of a superhero and like, who's the number one? Usually it's like Superman because he's got like pretty much everything. Yeah. And he's got basically no weaknesses, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless you get a rock from his planet Kri- that's little kryptonite, a little yeah. kryptonite in there. Um, and then you think of the personhood of Jesus and he had everything he was perfect he was sinless he had the power to do many things everything really if you think about it but he didn't choose to be alone and do all those things what did he do he chose to to gather people around him to live with amongst them to encourage them and uh, to take up that mantle when he would ultimately take the cross and return to the father, and so we we talk about man being a part of his kingdom, well, to be a part of a kingdom, you gotta come and be a part of it, mm-hmm. and also you gotta invite other people to be a part of it, no matter what that cost may be. You might be unpopular <sighs> for doing that sometimes, yeah. But, you know, we're in a month where the rest of our society is saying this is important to look at. Man, uh, as Christians, we really need to be a part of that Mm -hmm. Um, because you can't fix everything with a prescription. You can't fix everything with just saying, well, if that's something you struggle with, let's just make it something that society is okay with, too. You can't fix things like that, mm-hmm. you point people to Jesus and if they need more that's that's fine and that's the thing I want to talk about too Mike. It's like the stigma surrounding you know getting help from a medical profession and 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 having to do that. I felt that stigma absolutely you know i i, I in and um, I don't think I would be able to be in this place to have even honestly, uh, to, to be a worship leader, to start this podcast with you. If I pro if I hadn't walked through that, mm. I, I don't think I would be able to. Yeah. And I, and I certainly wouldn't be a, uh, you know, um, comfortable enough to talk about it. No. Because I think a lot of times, and and this is what I felt, especially as a pastor, and we are reading this book right now. It's called Dangerous Calling. Um, um, long story short, it's just it's it's written for pastors by a pastor, and um, you know talks about the struggle that that people in in ministry have because the tendency is to. Um, I think from the church is to think that you have to be perfect Mm -hmm. and if you're not perfect, well, then maybe you shouldn't be up there in front of people. Although newsflash, none of us are perfect. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and all of us struggle with something. Yeah. It might not be, you know, uh, something that's so blatantly obvious or something that's, you know, um, something that would disqualify you from being in, in, in a leader, but we all struggle with something for me. It's anxiety and depression mostly um, for other. some, I don't know what that is for somebody else, for another person or, or even yourself, if there's something that, but you know, it, it is your pastor also needs you to be a part of your church too. Yeah. like, and, and not just be a part of your church, you know, because he needs numbers or people or, butts and seats is what they usually say like no be because like we need other people around us to encourage us to support us um to tell us that you're not alone and hey you can also be real with me too mm-hmm. um a lot of times for jen and i when i was first started ministry like it was just like you'd show up to a new church and everybody was really careful about what they said around you because they didn't want you to think that they were a sinner (laughs) not Jesus like I don't know it's like it's the the reality is a church should you know I think it was a Matthew West song or something like that he says a church should look more like a hospital Hmm. it's full of broken people that need to be fixed not fixed not necessarily the right word but like that are that need to be healed yeah and and if there's any discussion that we need to have about a church I mean it's like if you're coming in here and you put a facade on, it's you're only hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things culturally I think that we need to break as a church is is wanting to come in here and just put on this show for everybody when we're going to leave in an hour and fall apart. Yeah, it's not helping you, and and frankly, it doesn't help that the, your your church body. To fulfill the other things that we've been called to, which is to be there for one another, to take on the burdens of one another. Um it it doesn't help anybody fulfill being a part of that body of Christ or the kingdom of God. Like it's okay to be broken. Like I don't I we I guess we have to say that. Like it's okay to be broken, but you don't have to stay there. Right. And that is what what Jesus did. He he knew that we were broken. God could see that we were broken, right? That's, that is the story of, of Jesus in the Bible. It's like, is God, God's creation, man's uh, desire to fulfill his, his, their own desires. Um, God trying to reset the pay, the marker because it's getting out of hand. And God also saying, well, that's not the, that's not the way I'm going to do this now and sending Jesus to be a part of that story your testimony history to 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 be the ultimate hero um for all humanity and so if we can do anything as a church to impact our society especially around a, a month such as mental health awareness can we just be real mm maybe a little bit more vulnerable with each other to say, Hey, I'm struggling and I don't know how to get over it. And, and as I, I'm reading, and and you can say, man, I'm reading, I'm in the word, I'm going to go to Bible study and still I can't get it past it. Mm-hmm. It's okay to do that. So, you know, if you're a listener, like, and, and you're struggling with something like that, like, come find me, come find my, come find another person on staff or an elder. Um, but find somebody who's going to be willing to listen because we have to be willing to listen. And frankly, if you're, if you're not going to be willing to listen, pass that person on to somebody who will, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because we have to own that part of it too, is sometimes it's just, you just got to listen and you don't have to try to fix that person. You just have to listen too. um, but uh, yeah, Mike, I don't know. bring this train back on the rails if you need to. <laughs> no, 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 I, I think that's
0: good. I think it's a good place to uh, close, uh, close down for, for this episode. Uh, we appreciate the listen and um, just to echo what Brock was saying that, yeah, you know, there are people here at the church. We, we absolutely care. Yeah, we do. Um, and we absolutely love everyone that comes into this building. So, um, uh, we really do mean it. If you're struggling and if you need someone to listen, please yeah. l- look us up. Yep. You know, um, we will listen and yep. we're, we are here yep. and we've been, you know, we've been promoting uh community yep. for almost a year now. And, um, we can't express that even like enough that it's good to come and do the fun and games. And, and believe me, Rock and I love fun and games. Yeah. But
1: we do. we're,
0: <laughs> we're, we're, we're more than just that, you know, we can do the serious too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're, we're, we're a community for that as well. Um, for, for anyone in this mm-hmm. BCC family mm-hmm. or outside the BCC family that just, absolutely, you know, reach out, we're
1: here. Yeah. Whether that you, you know, we have a, a church website, you com. Uh, you can go there. We have prayer requests that you can send in, or you can just try to, you can find uh Mike or email or somebody else that you might feel more comfortable with talking to, um, you know, we, we usually do try to say, you know, guys go to guys, ladies go to ladies, because Mm -hmm. I think there's, there's something really important about that camaraderie and that the ability to be accountable with one another, um, that comes out of having those types of relationships and, and, uh, seeking out someone who is the same, uh, gender as you. Um, but, uh, so if you're a lady and you're
0: listening, um, Jen Minnick is an amazing resource <laughs> that yeah. girl can listen like she has an unbelievable is gift wife, yes <laughs> yeah it is but she, she, she is she is really
1: good at doing that yeah and she, she literally just walked in the room as we said that so <laughs> 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 um, and uh, you know if there are other ways to get in touch with us we are on Facebook um, Instagram we are, we are on Instagram our church is on Facebook we yep. are on Instagram um, at between underscore Two underscore beards, and uh, you can certainly slide into the DMs on there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, say, "Hey, um, would you be willing to talk, or would you be willing to pray with me?" And we could, we could certainly have a conversation, um, and, and get you, get you, get you, get some momentum underneath. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Brock, take a deep breath. You made it. You did uh, it. Yeah. yeah Thank it wasn't you. That bad. Good job. Well, you did great, <laughs> Well,
1: beards out. Beards out.